your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers. Turn, hand off to Minner, hit the backfield and drilled. Again, 13's there to make the tackle. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation. This is the KLIN Husker Hour. Strike three called, and the Huskers are the Big Ten Conference champions. Got it! KLIN contributor Cole Stukenholtz and sports director Caleb Henry. Good Saturday morning. Welcome to another edition of the KLIN Husker Hour. Another bye week in the 2022 Nebraska football season. And it's a show without Caleb Henry. We will endure. Yes. I'm we'll, we'll trudge on. <laughs> I'm Cole Stukenholz. That is Matt McMaster. How you doing? We are here for you. Kenny Larrabee's got us up on the Facebook Live, of course, at KLIN Huskers. I'm good. It's going to be like 82 degrees out today. Is it? Yeah. And then almost 90 tomorrow, but that's it. Then we're down into like the 50s and 60s. That tomorrow. annoys me. That annoys me. Pick a lane. You know, I, I can't. You know do... you're living in Nebraska right I, now, right? I do. I do. <laughs> but I just didn't know how just erratic it is and how just crazy it is. And oh, like, it's, it's wild. I'm not a fan of it. Someone who has really bad allergies yeah. and like who has to go through like, if you can hear it right now, my, my like I have a sore throat. Mm-hmm. Like I have to go through every season change. I have to go through some sort of like nasally throat congestion type of stuff yep. i can't do this whole 30 then 80 week by week because then i'll just never adapt and i'll be sick for way too long see so. i i never had allergies of any kind until like three years ago so and you, now i deal with basically the same thing yeah season changes and it's the worst yeah it's not great it's not my, great. my mother keeps telling me to do Claritin, but I'm just not disciplined enough to, to keep doing it, and she gets really annoyed about it, and I know she's listening now. So. You're not you're not disciplined enough to take, like, one thing per day? I know not. I mean, it's it's just like, I'm always out the door. Like, I get up, and I'm, I'm going, going, going. So I'm like, I just, I skirt out, and if I pop one in, I pop one in. If I don't, I don't. Just gotta keep, you know, gotta keep moving. Are you just not a breakfast guy, even? No, I don't eat breakfast. It's the most important meal of the day, Matthew. I don't, I don't eat breakfast. I don't, I don't mess with that. I don't. It's just, you know, I won't get into it. <laughs> I won't get into why. I just don't. I just, <laughs> I'm not a breakfast guy. Well, hey, um, just so everybody knows, Caleb is not here uh, because I've taken legal action. I'm going to, I'm going to find those mutually agreed upon metrics between him <laughs> yeah. and Jack Mitchell and management here, at Broadcast House. Yeah, our numbers haven't been good enough. You know, yeah. we, he's been backing into uh, to need, too many, too many ratings over the last couple of weeks. I need to know. Whether or not they just asked him to be here for six days a week and not all seven. Yeah. <laughs> um, and if that meant that he was going to get to go to the, the bowl game, you know, that's, that's all I wanted to know. I think, you know, uh, uh, even if even if he were to have come here for all seven days, would he even even keep his job at this point? You know, <laughs> let's let's just get to it. The Scott, Fro- I w- what do you think about the Scott Frost metrics? I know we I mean, that's not something we set up to talk about. Honestly, but- I thought it was more interesting about the uh, the aspect that he would not have the NCAA investigation sure. held against him in any way, because uh, not that that would have been a fireable offense, but yeah. you can tell based on the fact that that made it in there, and then based on the fact that Fred Hoiberg did not need it in writing, but but Scott Frost did want it in writing, kind of made you think that Frost was a little paranoid about it being used against him. Yeah. That was more interesting to me than the six wins in a bowl game part. I don't know what you thought. I think the whole NCAA thing, actually, first time I'm hearing about it, I mean, he didn't do it. Was, they had too many assistant coaches, right? Or they, they had too they many had, professionals? They had, well, no, they didn't have too many. They uh-huh. used an analyst. Oh, yeah. In in a, in a way that was against the rules yes. in terms of yeah, practice. That's that's neither here nor there in my opinion. I I totally agree. The whole idea of him of of Frost saying, "Oh, you need to you need to put this down. Like this is what I need to do." Is like obviously there were some Tresk issues there. Obviously, you know Trev said that he would have liked to have it. You know in in conversation and you know understood, um, but. Frost was like, no, you need you need to write that down, and you you can't. If I win six games, and I get into a bowl game. Like that's gotta, you know, I I met, I met your standard, right? So, but it's also very interesting too, from an aspect like from everything that has come out and whatever about Scott Frost. One thing is, people always admit he's a competitive guy. 
sure. and and the knowing the staff like we know them through the season and especially you know me just going to the press conferences and seeing these people mm-hmm. they're competitive people yeah i don't think they walked into this season saying oh we just got to get six you know we just we just got to win six games and how he recruited in the transfer portal it just doesn't his actions don't tell me i just want to win six games and keep my job but i do think it's interesting that he he wanted that almost like a safeguard, almost like a protection. Like if he were to accomplish what he thought he was with probably the easiest schedule he's had since he's been, since he was coaching in Nebraska. But, yeah. I, you know. And and we've got a lot more to get sure. to. But I, he's, just, he's just gone to anyway. So. I, I think that is indicative of where his focus was. Yeah. And, and, and also shows you that he kind of misplaced his priorities a little bit. He mm-hmm. cared more about... Uh, things that that didn't ultimately translate to wins and losses, and and didn't end up doing the things that would have led him to a better win loss record. And we we've gone over all of those sure. things and, sure. and whatnot. But that that just kind of drove that point home for me. Um, later on today, we are going to be talking with Nate Klaus from Inside Nebraska, uh, recruiting analyst. There, uh, we've got a big recruiting weekend on tap. There was a lot of recruiting news this week. Absolutely, he's going to have a lot to run down for us uh, shortly. Uh, there's some volleyball to get to. They've got a huge matchup this this Wednesday rematch with uh, Wisconsin. Rematch of the national championship match from last season. It's a top five matchup as well. Uh, and then uh, we also have basketball getting back going. Oh, yeah. Uh, the men play this Sunday. The women play next Sunday. They've got exhibitions kicking off. Uh, but first, uh, Coach Search 2022. We're tracking, <laughs> we're tracking flights. Uh, we've got yeah. big, we've got big names rising and falling on the hot board, Matt. I, okay. So, Mickey Mania takes a hit in West Lafayette. So, Where are you at? So... I think it was about maybe three weeks ago. I said, I'm sick and tired of the whole week by week thing of like, you know, this guy lost this game. So he moves up here and this guy won this game. So he moves up here. I will, I will surrender now and say most teams have played. A lot of teams have played seven games. Some have played six. Um, At the end of this week, a lot of teams will be two thirds of the way through the regular season. I think now is an appropriate time to officially eliminate some people, officially move some people maybe you didn't think would be in your top five or your top three or whatever in there. I think mm-hmm. right now, right now is a good time to just take a good old look at the landscape and be like, okay, who has coached themselves into being a very good candidate and who might have taken a step back? Mm-hmm. Um, I will give you two guys who I who I have put in the, and this is the only other category other than you know, these are the guys I want to hire. Okay. But the second category is, yeah, I wouldn't mind it if they were the next head coach in Nebraska. Okay, but they haven't helped themselves. Okay, I haven't thought of a better name. But it's good. It's a working title. Matt Campbell and Dave Aranda. Um, both uh, Dave Aranda three and three. Matt Campbell three and four. It, it, it's. I just kind of look at them there in terms of their coaching repertoire, right? And their coaching resume. It's just falling off a little bit at the wrong time. And if you look at Campbell, he's five and eight in his last 13 games. The last four games that Iowa State has have played, they have lost by a combined 14 points. They've lost all four of those games. They they lost a one point game to Kansas. They lost a three point game last week to a, um, not Texas. Last week they played, uh, yeah, K State. Maybe? Yeah, I think, but another ranked opponent. But look, right. yeah, regardless, uh, you know, he's still a good coach. He's still a good coach. Don't get me wrong. He's he's done wonders for that program. Um, I just don't think he's up on the upper echelon of of. I think the fact that he's losing one score games left and right that might be a little triggering for Nebraska fans. That it is. It is. It is. <laughs> it is. And like I said, does that is that. Is that like, oh my God, don't get that guy? No, he's a really good coach. Like you want a really good coach on your in your program with a lot of assets. And he's Nebraska has more assets, you know, and resources than Iowa State. Just like I said, sputtering at the wrong time. Dave Aranda, saving principal, two and seven, went to nine and three, now at three and three in the Big Twelve, playing close games. Uh, you know, not that great of a loss to West Virginia, uh about two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Um, still good coach. You could argue slightly unproven, uh, cause he hasn't had, um, 
I mean, this is only his third season at Baylor, so he hasn't really had that full recruiting right. cycle. You haven't really seen what he's been proven. Um, yeah, like the year before when he took over, yeah, he went two and seven, but Matt Rule had just left. They had gone eleven and three, but they lost a lot of guys to the draft and whatnot. So, like I said, cool if they hire. Not not, not necessarily on the wish list though okay. for me. Okay, uh, I, Iowa State. By the way, their last four: Texas, K State, Kansas, Baylor. Yeah. Those are their last four. Do we have that win over Iowa? God bless them. Um, <laughs> the the names that I think are picking up steam a little bit more, um, just in term, not only in, in in you know wish lists getting thrown out by random people, but also uh, some some folks that that seem to be uh, in the know in the media, uh, etc. There there's a big push recently for Lane Kiffin. Uh, there's a little bit of smoke around Mark Stoops. There is, which is interesting. Very interesting. I know he was one of the guys who was up on your list. Absolutely, right? Just and yeah, a long tenure at a Power Five program. Yeah, a little bit more of a proven track record. That's right in your wheelhouse. That you that, that is that is what you want, and that is obviously what Trev wants. I mean, that's what Trev said. He wants a, a yeah. proven coach, someone who who is you know has done what he wants Nebraska to be and, and, and has done the things that he thinks Nebraska needs to be successful. I mean, he's all about toughness and physicality. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mark Scoops is, is, is all about that, especially in the SEC. Um, I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting. I think, like I said, he was right up my alley, but you know, as you do more and more research, you're like, well, if he hasn't left Kentucky yet, you don't know if he'll leave now. But there's been, there's been a lot of, lot of smoke. He has a guy... On his staff, yeah, who has been at Nebraska in Vince Marrow, ace recruiter, Mickey Joseph level recruiter, having those two on the same staff might be a pretty fun little deal for Nebraska. It would be in terms of recruiting. It would be uh, another guy who is is in that same kind of category. Mike Gundy. Uh, I don't know that he's risen or fallen per se, but another buddy, another guy in that category. Sure, uh, and and so. I guess where we're at with this, at what point, let's dig into some of the, like, some of the actual mechanics of this. At what point does Trev announce Mickey if he's the guy, and what does it take in terms of wins and losses? Or if you're Trev and you need to lock somebody else down, how soon can you pull the trigger knowing, and I'm not saying publicly, I'm just saying like off in the, in the background, how soon can you pull the trigger on somebody else Knowing that Mickey could still reel off some wins in, sure. in November, so so here's the thing. I think it depends on on the guy you're trying to go after. Yeah, uh, if you're trying to go after Lane Kiffin, if you're flying out to Oxford, Mississippi, or, or if he's flying or here, or he's flying here, Coleman, and you yeah, just, yeah. You find him in the airport. No, no matter no matter which way it goes, right? Follow that tail number. Well, no, but I'm just saying, no matter which way it goes, there's going to be a lot of oh my god. The the seven and zero coach of of Mississippi of Ole Miss who has an opportunity to make the college football playoff, especially if they are able to beat Alabama in about three weeks, and then they play in that SEC championship game because if they beat Alabama, they're automatic, they're yes. practically automatically in. They're gonna have a two game lead on him. If he if he's interviewing him, that's gonna be like an uh, everyone's gonna know about it. But it you know if he's more on the if he's Interviewing Dave Dorian, or you know, he's pulling in Bill O'Brien. You could probably do that a little bit more under the radar. Sure. And because of that, I think you could do that sooner. Mm. Um, in terms of when is Mickey? You know, when would Mickey know if it's his job? Pretty pretty quickly. I mean, this this entire he's Trev is seeing the evaluation in front of his eyes, right. and, and not only just on terms of on the field, but he's around that program, he's around the facilities, he's talking to them. Mm-hmm. Every, like you said, uh, you know, Sundays at 1 o'clock, I'm calling Mickey, and we're having discussions, and I'm being a resource for him. So I think if Mickey's the guy, it'll be pretty quickly. Um, if he beats Illinois, if he's able to win, rattle off three wins, I think it's his. For sure, like as in as in two already, and then one more. No, 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 three more, three more, three okay. more, three more. Okay, which isn't easy. Well, and see, here's the other part of it. If you want to have somebody in place, like let's say between the Iowa finale and Championship Saturday, so that you can hit the ground running right before the end of the early tra- uh, recruiting window, yeah. and right when that transfer portal opens up, you're gonna need to have somebody fairly close to lined up. So I don't know that Mickey's going to get the full five games per se. Yeah. I think I think to me this decision's gonna be made on the back of what does he do against Illinois and then what does he do against Minnesota? Sure. Michigan, you know, whatever. I think you can yeah. I, but those two are at home and those two are going to be 
they're, they're peers in the West. I don't know that that's going to be the case for very long if, if the Big Ten does away with divisions. But those two teams are, are sort of built in the image that Trev may or may not hold in his mind of what Nebraska should be. Sure. Hard-nosed, tough, physical, defensive, run the ball, develop. All of those things line up with maybe his thought process and what he wants in a program. Yeah. Not that Brett Bielema or P.J. Fleck are candidates, but those types of programs are models and, and maybe is, is something that he wants this program to emulate. So seeing what he could potentially do against those two programs, then I think the clock's got to start. And, I, and yeah. he doesn't... And in terms of Mickey staying on the staff... I don't think he needs to mandate that Mickey stay, but that's a factor. Like, if he's interviewing five guys and three of them want Mickey and two of them don't, I think that may weigh more on the side of the ones that want to keep him because if you don't want to keep that guy, what are you even doing? Exactly. I No matter how you spin it in terms of who they who should they, who should they contact and when should they contact them and, and when should Mickey start getting his role, whatever, the clock is starting now. Yeah. Trev has to start making moves. He's got to start the interviewing process. He's got to start figuring out who he wants to be his guy if it's not Mickey. And I think it'll be a very, very interesting process, one that Nebraska fans and media and, and, and all the other likes just really aren't that accustomed to. Yeah, it's bye week, baby. We're getting into We are. All getting into the weeds. Yes. So that's some coaching talk. Uh, we've got some on-field stuff we'll get to with Nebraska. What are they planning on doing with these last five games, especially these next two at home? Volleyball up and uh, a big recruiting weekend, a big decision to be made by the best recruit in the state. Uh, that's all coming up, and Nate Klaus is next to talk about it with us here on the KLIN Husker Hour. Hit him up, huh? Get him up, huh? Giving you a complete review of the Huskers news this week. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499.3 KLIN. It's a bye week on the field, but it is heating up here on the airwaves. We've got a full show, and even though we don't have Caleb, Matt and I are holding it down. You can head over to the Facebook page at KLIN Huskers to see the Facebook Live. And right now we're going to get to... Our guest from inside Nebraska on the Rivals Network, Nate Klaus, recruiting analyst uh, on a huge recruiting weekend. It might be a huge recruiting day uh, here in the state of Nebraska. Nate, thanks for joining us. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. Awesome. Uh, so I'm not going to bury the lead here. Malachi Coleman announcing his decision at 5 o'clock today. Uh, it, it, number one, is he going to stay here in Nebraska? And number two, how important is he in terms of getting him in this recruiting class? Yeah, I, first of all, I, I like Nebraska's chances right now. I, I think that the Huskers um, are probably the team to beat. Now, you know, obviously that's all kind of still going to be <laughs> up in the air until signing day because, right. as we all know, um, you know, there's there's changes that are going to occur, uh, you know, and, and so – and maybe not. Maybe, maybe nothing will change, really, uh, and that won't impact, you know, Malachi's uh, decision, but you know, there's a good chance that there's going to be some sort of staff shakeup uh, from here uh, until signing day. So, uh, so that's something to kind of keep in mind and to, to continue to watch. But uh, with that being said, you know he's got a tremendous relationship with all the coaches on the staff, especially Mickey Joseph. Um, you know, and, and the fact that that Mickey has not only kind of taken the reins of this of this ship, but has has shown some some improvement and some has made some changes. I, I think that kind of only strengthens kind of you know the um, you know what they see in Mickey uh, and yeah. strengthens that relationship there. So uh, I, I like Nebraska's chances um, now. As far as how important it is to keep a guy like Malachi, Malachi Coleman at home, uh, in-state kid. I mean that's that's crucial. Uh, you just cannot afford to lose players like this. Um, and to kind of give some perspective here, Malachi Coleman is the the highest ranked player at, at number 57 overall recruit in the country by rivals right now um, to come out of the state of Nebraska since 2008 when Baker Steinkuhler was a five-star yep. and Trevor Robinson out of Elkhorn uh, was a high-ranked four-star, number 38 in the nation. So it's been a long time since we've had, um, you know, seen a, a player 
come out of the state of Nebraska with, with his type of ability. Uh, so, you know, you got to just, you have to lock those players down. You have to keep them at home. You have to keep them in the program and, and hope that they, you know, develop once they get there. You alluded to kind of the unique situation Nebraska's in, obviously, with, with Scott Frost fired, but Mickey Joseph and staff still hitting the recruiting trail hard. Not necessarily the norm when you have an in-season firing. What's been the philosophy for this staff, and, and how have the commits and the prospective recruits reacted to that? Yeah, I mean, this is a really difficult situation for, for any coach, for anybody in a, in a recruiting support staff role. Um, you know, how do you recruit when there's so much uncertainty? And and I think, I, I mean, I love the way that Mickey Joseph and his staff have, have kind of approached that. And that's that's kind of business as usual. You know what? Um, we're not going to look ahead. We're going to look at what we need to do right now. And that is uh, be honest and upfront with recruits, but also show them the love and attention that we would uh, under normal circumstances. And, and I love that approach um, that they've kind of shown. They have not slowed down. Uh, like you said, they've been during this bye week. They've been on the road, uh, you know, offering prospects all the way out to you know 2026 players um, and, and prospects. So uh, they've been able to really calm the waters with all the commit. Um, they've done a great job of communication there. Been they've been able to see all those players. Um, you know, Nikki and the the coaches have been to a number of uh, commitments, um, you know, games and high schools and, and things of that nature, um, you know, everything that they're able to do at this point in the, the recruiting, uh, you know, stage. So uh, I like that. Um, and I like the fact that they're continuing to, to give, you know, hand out new offers. Uh, you saw junior college defensive end slash outside linebacker, you know, edge rusher uh, land an offer from the Huskers this week. So okay. they're addressing needs. Um, there's been some junior college offensive line offers that have gone out and there's going to be some more, um, that are going to be going out here pretty soon too. So they're looking at what their needs are. They're trying to address those. Uh, they're trying to, you know, make sure that all the commitments that they currently have are in the boat and that they're up to date with where everything stands and, and that they're bought in and that they know that, Hey, uh, first and foremost, this is university of Nebraska and we're always going to you know, strive for, you know, strive to be the best. And, and second of all, you know, those relationships matter, but, uh, but, you know, when in doubt, go back to the, the first, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, kind of that first uh, priority, which is this is the University of Nebraska, and we're, um, we're always going to try to be the best that we can be. Hey, Nate, it's Matt. Um, taking in all those, everything you just said about how they're still going and recruiting, and now, um, since Mickey's taken over, they've only had one decommit. What do you think, how do you think that'll play in terms of Mickey when he's trying to get this head coaching job or when he's, you know, when Trev is thinking about, you know, potentially hiring him, just the the work that he's done uh, recruiting? Well, I, I think it speaks volumes. You know, I, I think that, um, first of all, Mickey had a reputation of being a tremendous coach and a tremendous recruiter before he got to Nebraska. Um, and I think that he's only proven that he's a great leader. And, and the fact that he's been able to, to kind of hold this thing together recruiting-wise uh, is, is pretty, you know, pretty unbelievable, honestly, to only lose one commitment. Um, and that was the four-star defensive end, Cameron Lenhart, out of uh, IMG Academy. And which, by the way, I would say there's still a chance that, that he rejoins this class. Uh, I, w- I would not rule that out. Uh, but, you know, to the fact that they haven't seen, you know, just a mass exodus of, of uh, you know, players decommitting uh, says that, you know, these guys are bought in and, and that they, they are ready to roll with what, you know, with what, whatever happens um, and that they aren't looking at other opportunities or looking at the next best thing. So, um, you know, when it comes time to, to Mickey trying to get this job, I think that's something that's going to weigh heavily is, is okay, how did you operate um, when you were put in charge? You know, did you just kind of throw in the towel and, and focus on, on the team only and trying to get, you know, wins? Or did you, you know, was, was it all hands on deck trying to keep everything together and, and operate like you're going to be here for the long haul? And, uh, and I think that's definitely what we've seen. Talking recruiting with Nate Klaus from Inside Nebraska, part of the Rivals Network. 
Uh, Nate, you'll probably appreciate this being around as long as I have uh, in terms of watching recruiting. It was back in 07, and then in 2017, Nebraska didn't fire their coach midseason. They waited until the end, but I feel like I remember a little bit more of a slow trickle of decommitments throughout that season, whereas this season, you have an in-season firing, but... By and large, the class has stayed intact. Is that and and you would argue also that I think the program is more in disarray now than it would have been in '07 or in '17 too. What do you What do you think about that? Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny that you bring that up because I was I was just thinking about that the other day. I I was working in the recruiting office at Nebraska. Yeah. Um, you know, in 2007, you know, where we had at you know prior to that season, we were we were looking at. You know, possibility of signing a top 10 class, yeah. maybe even a top five class in the country. I mean, we were, <laughs> we had things rolling um, and we had, we had everything kind of set up, um, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, the wheels came off after that USC game yep. and uh, you know, it was just one decommitment de- after another. Uh, it was like every week, basically from, you know, uh, about that, the week after that USC game, until uh, until Bill Callahan was was uh, eventually fired, where we were losing another another player in that class, uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, you went from having about eighteen or so, eighteen twenty commitments, um, down to like eight by the time December came around, when you were able to go out on the road, uh, and one of those guys, like I mentioned earlier, that was that was Baker Steincooler, so. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it was, that was a trying time and you're right. I mean, the, I would argue that the program is in more disarray now, uh, than it was back then. However, I think the biggest difference is, uh, is, you know, kind of the leadership. Yeah. Um, you know, I think people believe in, you know, what's happening, starting with Trev Albert, you know, because if you recall in 2007, you know, Steve Peterson had been fired uh, mid-season, yep. uh, and he was let go before uh, Bill Callahan was, and that's when Tom Osborne came in as kind of the interim AD. And, um, and I, I just think there was a lot of uncertainty on what was going to happen, and, and that kind of led to that mass exodus of, of recruiting, um, you know, of, of all those commitments and everything. But um, that's been a huge difference between then and, and what we're seeing occur right now. And we'll get you out of here on this one, Nate. Uh, Gretna, the kind of the the, me- the best team in the state, or, or close to the best team in the state, finished an undefeated season last night against Lincoln East. Uh, Nebraska's still not getting Zane Flores, uh, but they added a walk-on linebacker in Corver Dema, offered a scholarship lineman, offensive or defensive lineman Mason Goldman. Uh, what what are Nebraska's chances landing Goldman, and, and are there any other 2023 guys locally that Nebraska is is going to have their eye on here late? Yeah, uh, you know, I, I think the chances are are fairly good at, at them adding uh, Goldman, and um, you know where he ends up playing. You know, could that w- will that be offensive line or defensive line? Uh, I think I think the possibility exists that that he could end up on either side of the line. But again, when you have a, a player with that size, and you can kind of project him down the road, uh, you know what he's going to grow into. Um, I, I think that offer makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, they added Demma as a as a preferred walk on, which I think is is a nice uh, is a nice get there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as far as you know, any other 2023 players in the state that that could potentially get offers, um, you know, I, I just I don't know if I would say you know there's one guy in particular that I, I would really zero in on or that I would expect that to happen to. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of it from here on out is really going to, you know, kind of be determined by what happens with this recruiting class. You know, yeah. if there is a defection or two at a, at a particular position, that could elevate, um, you know, somebody up the ranks or up the recruiting board, if you will, um, in, in state-wise. But at this point in time, I, I would think that that's, that's probably looking like it's going to be it for, for the in-state offers right now. That's Nate Klaus inside Nebraska, part of the Rivals Network, uh, running recruiting down with us here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Nate, thanks for the time. Enjoy the weekend, and it uh, sounds like it's going to be the, the last nice weekend of uh, the fall, so enjoy it. Absolutely. You too. We'll see you guys. Thank All you, right. Nate. All right. Nate. Nate Klaus inside Nebraska. It's, I, I think the Malachi Coleman decision today, Matt, it'll, be, it'll lend some, uh, shed some even more light, I think, on what 
Malachi Coleman's uh, interpretation of Mickey Joseph's situation going forward at Nebraska will be. I don't know that he knows for sure. Like Mickey's told him, "Hey, Trev told me I'm the guy," or sure. "Hey, Trev told me I'm definitely going to be here regardless of who the." Co-. Yeah, I don't know what at what that is, but I would think that if Malachi Coleman is committing to Nebraska today, granted he's not signing on the dotted line today, but I would think he's given he's been given some assurance from Mickey Joseph, maybe even Trev Alberts himself, that. Yeah, there's like a 95, 99% chance Mickey's going to be here next year yeah. and beyond. Well, I, I mean, better? You better? You better? Be, I, I would think so. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, not and not from a, a Malachi perspective, just from a Trev to Mickey to keeping him on the staff. Like, right. there's no reason why that guy should not be in your program, especially after, like Nate just said, the incredible job that he's done in such incredible turmoil. Little tidbit here before we go to the break. Malachi Coleman, been to every home game. Yeah. Of Nebraska this year, and uh, has I think his only official visit has been at Nebraska. He's yes. made some unofficials, but only official has been at Nebraska. Yeah. So if you want a little bit of comfort going into 5 p.m., you can sit with that for a little bit. Yeah, and and he's deciding between Georgia, yeah, Oregon, Oklahoma, seven seven USC, diff- seven different ones. Yeah, and Ole Miss, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Lane Kiffin, come on down. Hey, maybe Nebraska gets both of them. Sure, sure. We'll All figure right. it out. More to come. We've got hoops, volleyball, and more on Nebraska football as well, obviously. So uh, stick with us here on the KLI and Oscar Hour. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Husker football, basketball, baseball, and beyond. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1499.3 KLIN. Our thanks to Nate Klaus from Inside Nebraska. Just joined us, uh, talked a lot of recruiting. Really good stuff there. If you missed that uh, or anything else on any of our other previous shows, head over to the podcast page at KLIN.com. You can find our Facebook Lives. They're all there at KLIN Huskers. You can find us there live right now if you want, where uh, myself and Matt McMaster are right there in glorious internet (laughs) video. Glorious. That's a nice way of putting it. That's right. Your mom can see if you're taking that. Well, she 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 texted me. She said (laughs) (laughs) she said she because she listens to every show because she's a great mother. She goes, I am listening and you need to take Claritin. You should listen to your mother more. All good things come of it. You should listen to your mother. I I don't disagree with that sentence in any way, shape or form. She is. I mean, it it was a battle for a while to her to accept that I don't eat breakfast because she was in the same Mm. boat as you. Like you have to eat breakfast. But now I just. Again, do you enjoy again. breakfast food? Like, do you like? Yeah, pancakes are great. Waffles are great. Like, I it's nothing against just breakfast food. It's yeah. just I think I operate better, just not because if I eat, all right, I'll you know this, I didn't really want to go into it, but if I eat breakfast, <laughs> listen to me. If I eat breakfast, because I get up at like eight and nine o'clock in the morning, so if I have like a big breakfast, I won't stop eating like throughout the day. Like, I'll be, I'll eat like crazy, like snacking eating Pop-Tarts and chips and just a bunch of unhealthy stuff and, like, grasping for everything. So it's like I've noticed that if, like, I wait to eat, it's, I typically wait to eat until, like, 10.30, 11.30-ish, like, a little bit closer to lunchtime. You're a brunch guy. Yeah. Okay. I love brunch. That's okay. a great way of putting it. I go. love brunch. Brunch is kind of my... But, like, okay. I typically... Okay. I would say my first meal is typically, like, 11, 11.30 every day. Okay. Can't do breakfast. Right. I just It just messes with me the rest of the day. Yeah. You really didn't want to get into it, but you guys... Well, there you go. I feel like the people were really curious, and I think my mom was kind of curious as to why I still don't eat breakfast, so I had to explain it. All right, let's, let's get back well, to the show. And, and you know what I'm really curious about, Matt? Sure, is what, great transition. Is what Nebraska is going to do 
against four of the top five defenses in the country that they end with. Four of the top five defenses are four of their last five opponents. Georgia is the only top five defense that Nebraska does not play the rest of the season in terms of points per game allowed. Who? Georgia is the only one. Oh, oh, of the, oh, Wisconsin. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. On, on Nebraska's last gotcha. five. Wisconsin. I thought you were saying we yeah. play Georgia, and they're not a top five defense. Wisconsin is the only of the last remaining opponents Nebraska has sure. that yeah. is not in the top freaking five in points per game allowed. That is what Nebraska has ahead of them. So I ask you, and, and look, Purdue, not a, a bastion of defense, but can Trey Palmer do at least a fraction of what he did to the Boilermakers against these last five, five opponents? Maybe open up at least, you know, carrying defenders with him, double teams, bracket coverage, whatever. Maybe creating some space underneath for guys like Marcus Washington, Travis Vokalek, uh, maybe a little bit of Brody Belt action, Anthony Grant in the run game. He, he's he's got to be the focal point of defenses going forward, yes? Yes. I I will put it this way against Illinois. No, he he. I don't think he will be effective. Um, couple reasons why. First off, Ryan Walters, not a yes. not a guy that has been in necessarily the Nebraska head coach you know rankings and and whatnot. Not a guy that we've talked about. But in the next coming years, he definitely will be someone who will grab a pretty nice head coaching job. You know his uh, alma mater. Uh, is it Nebraska? It's Colorado. Okay. He's oh. going to be the Colorado head You coach. think he is? You yes. think right, right, because he only took over last year. So you think it's but a two-year D.C.? He has, he but has wait, 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 Illinois. Wait. But wait, wait, wait. But, he has Illinois cooking sure. right now defensively. But, but, but look, there are some guys who are born to be head coaches. Sure. Great leaders, you know, can really get, get the guys going, really, really good recruiters. Mm-hmm. And there are some guys who are just awesome defensive coordinators who are really good on their own island, crafting stuff up together, understanding their personnel, putting that out in the field. You're really subtweeting Bo Pelini right now. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> subtweeting anybody. I'm just I'm just saying, a, a matter of fact, I'm really subtweeting uh, Josh McDaniels in, in Las Ooh. Vegas, you know, and Matt Patricia, and, and, some, and Nathaniel Hackett is another great one, yeah. of just, these guys are really good yeah. with a certain personnel group, crafting stuff together, Fair. and then putting it on the field. Yeah. In terms of hiring Ryan Walters right away, I, I don't know. That'd be a really big jump. It's Colorado. Uh, but, but anyway, anyway, Ryan Walters, very, very, yes. very good. Gun his scheme against Trey Palmer. He's got Devin Witherspoon. He's got um, uh, 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 the other, I think the, uh, the, the leader in interceptions uh, in the Big Ten. I totally forgot his name. Kendall something. Kendall, uh, he's really good. He's got... Probably the two best interior defensive linemen in the Big Ten as well. Randall Keith Jr. and uh, Jazan Newton uh, both have eight tackles for loss. Both have four sacks. Sounds great for our offensive line. It, I'm, yeah. Actually, Illinois second in the Big Ten in sacks this year with 23. Yeah. Um, I, I think that if Nebraska is going to beat Illinois... It's gonna have. They're gonna. The defense is gonna need to step up, and they're really gonna need to collapse in on Chase Brown and Devito. And Illinois doesn't necessarily have the best weapons on the outside, but they have a really good game plan, and they're really able to dig and duck around the field. And they, Chase Brown's probably the best running back in in all of college football right now, or at least one of them. You know, him and Blake Corum have been tearing it up in the Big Ten. Um, So for Illinois, going to be a very difficult game, and there's a reason why they are. You know they they have the record that they have and that they are. I think they're are they officially ranked? If they're not ranked, yeah, they should ranked. be. I think they're like they've been ranked. Yeah, they've been ranked for I think the last two weeks. So look, yeah. really good team in terms of the rest of the season. And I'll let you get to it in a second. Mm-hmm. More tight ends, more running backs chipping, more help in the offensive line. Yeah. Um, it much as it will be old school. I don't. I, I think that you're going to have to. Maybe do two receivers and a tight end when when you go out for passing plays. Maybe get Casey and more of a boot, uh, more play action. Maybe go under center just a little bit, just to to kind of perch- just to run the play action more and have these linebackers come in so you can make those quicker throws. Ball's got to come out quicker. Got to be more twenty two personnel. Got to be more chipping from the running back. Just give him a second and a half more to find these guys, and that's what they were kind of doing against Purdue. Yeah. Yeah. So offensively for Nebraska, I agree. I, you got to help your offensive line out. You can't do much more different personnel wise. So 
Find out which of your running backs or tight ends are are the best pass blockers here in this bye week. Just, just I mean, have, have they not already? Have, well, you'd think so. Yeah. I would hope so. But okay. but hey, if, and maybe you're doing it a little differently because sure. you're running your offense differently. Yeah. Because you Agreed. see what your line is, and you just you just have to take desperate measures, for lack of a better term. So that is certainly a thing you can do. The other thing I wonder if they do is, do you get more involvement from a guy like Logan Smothers? Who can run the ball? Do you have that change up a little bit more loaded up and ready to go in terms of your game plan and your strategy against these defenses? Because if you have a defensive line that's able to just tee off on a on a quarterback because A, they know that you're struggling run blocking and running the ball, and B, you know that you can get by those guys in a second and and get to the quarterback. I, I just think that if you can find something different to throw at a defense you can use it to your advantage and i think they have that available in logan smothers that if you if you give him a few plays a game hell even let him run you know play, throw a pass play or two in his in his arsenal as well just in case he gets like nine in the box um that's something i think is worth taking a look at you've got two weeks before that illinois game uh, i think it can help you in terms of keeping that defense off balance um, now, defensively, what are they going to have available, number one? Is Luke Reimer or Nick Henrich going to be able to play anymore this season? I feel better about Reimer's chances than Henrich at this point. I think Henrich was off the field in crutches. I uh, think that it, Trev kind of unofficially, officially said yeah. that he was done. And yeah. A little bit of a... I, may, Coach on the sidelines. Yeah, yeah, or he, he definitely knows, and maybe he shouldn't have said it, or maybe it was a slip-up, or he yeah. was just in the moment. I mean, he talked about how much he loves Nick Henrich, so maybe he was caught up in the emotions of that. But, yeah, it's going to be... it's gonna be. I like Ernest Hausman. I really do. I think he's going to be a phenomenal, phenomenal linebacker in the Big Ten, and the fact that he's already getting Big Ten reps... Uh, this early in his career, had to have him in the opener. Yeah, in his first game, absolutely. And does he get a COVID year? No, no. Mm, dang shame. That was but, only 2020 season. Okay, so if you were on the team, if you were on the team in 2020, gotcha. That's what it. I thought. Okay, so even the even the true freshman from that last was a year, dumb question. That was fine. a dumb question. Anyway, no dumb questions. Um, yeah, I mean that linebacker depth, arguably, you know, something that wasn't that great to begin the season. They've picked it up a little bit as the season has gone on, and yeah. um. You know, a little bit with with Reimer and Henrich is that they've played so many snaps, man. They've played. They have to. I, I know, and it's like it, you you just kind of these last some of these games. I think they've they've just looked a little bit slower mm. than they have in years past, and it's just and it's nothing against them. It's because linebacker isn't an easy position to play, yeah. and they've been playing that position on a team that has desperately needed them to be absolute legends absolute nebraska legends day in and day out and you know but this is a little bit of that early transition that we were going to see anyway at the end of the year where at some point you're going to need different linebackers right and i think it was the same thing with jojo Dolman last year at some point jojo isn't going to be on the team and now he's not you know and you've seen how that defense has adjusted so i think isaac gifford's one of the better players on this exactly but it's but it's some yes, still, I get still your point. Yes. they're going to move on. So, yeah. so I think this will be very interesting over these next couple weeks to see who is the future at linebacker, and if they're not, how are you going to address that future in the offseason? One um, one thing that I think you might be able to see more of in in the, the the home stretch here that will benefit the defense. We talked earlier in the season about how quick can you get a guy like Devin Drew ramped up? How quick yeah. can you get Stephon Wynn? integrated into this defense and feeling comfortable with the scheme and the, and the game plan and all that. Those two guys, I think, potentially are in line for more snaps now. Um, they can take some snaps away from Colton Feast, maybe even from Ty Robinson, although he's come on a little bit of late. He's been playing better. So those two guys, if you can get more out of them on the interior of the defensive line, that's going to be important because you are going up against Illinois' run game with Blake, uh, with uh, Chase Brown, Michigan's run game with Blake Corum. Um Wisconsin, Braylon Allen's still a really good running back. Who knows what type of shape their their team's going to be in? Mm-hmm. Um, but but that's another guy that you're going to need really good interior D line play. So that is something that you could maybe see take a little bit of a step up defensively. But linebacker, I, I really worry about the injuries and the depth there. Secondary. You have Malcolm Hartsog playing a little bit more. Quentin Newsom's got this bye week to get healthy, and, and hopefully that helps him um, be in good shape for these last five games. Uh, and then your safety play 
it's been too inconsistent. You got to find a little bit better uh, play by play and, and drive by drive consistency from those guys back there. I think that's more of a on them in terms of a thing that you can fix mm-hmm. as a coach, right? If there was someone better than Miles Farmer or Marquise Buford that to put out there and to fix the problems that or the inconsistency problems that they've had, they would have done it. You know? Yeah. Um but I think those two look, talking about Buford and Farmer, two very talented guys. Um both have had their bad moments, both have had their really good moments, you know, and, and like you said, inconsistency and yeah. you know, you hope as a, a staff that they can kind of clean that things up and maybe, you know, a little bit of more rest, right? You know, that other bye week after Oklahoma wasn't too far ago. Yeah. Something we want to quick up bring up quick. Yeah. With with Quinn Newsom, him potentially being injured, it it could allow Brandon Moore to get a couple more snaps. That's true. So I think that Brandon Moore has had a very good season, had that interception against Rutgers. So I think in terms of when you're throwing guys in and replacing guys in the defensive end, that's probably a position I'm more comfortable with than the linebacker position. Yeah, I I, I think I would agree with that, yeah. Uh, hey, we've got uh, some volleyball to get to. Nebraska is on a sweep fest. They've got five in a row. Uh, they just took out another ranked uh, opponent, and they've got a huge match coming up on uh, Wednesday against Wisconsin. They've got another one yet first today. Uh, we'll get to that and wrap things up right after this here on the KLI and Husker Hour. with current and former Huskers and those that cover the Big Red. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499.3 KLIN. Nebraska volleyball, top five, duh. Sweeping everybody in their, in their uh, path, duh. They just uh, took out number 12, Purdue, at Purdue. In a sweep, they've got five sweeps in a row. They're seventeen and one. They've won ten straight overall since the one loss of the season, Matt, to Stanford. And uh, Becca Alec had her best match uh, on on uh, earlier this week on Wednesday with twelve kills, hit six eleven. Ho hum, she wasn't even in the starting lineup to start the season. Uh, and Nebraska's defense, oh by the way, uh, dominated. They held the Big Ten kills leader Eva Eva Hudson to a season low seven kills. Against the Boilermakers, your thoughts? <laughs> They're great. They're good. <laughs> They're good. I actually started. Uh, they the. By the way, I was trying to do a Pat McAfee thing with the microphone, and our producer Kenny Larrabee just started glaring at me. Just, your camera like, window is exactly. Very small. He just like stopped doing that. <laughs> so sorry, Kenny. But anyway, um, I started watching the. It's actually really cool, and the Patriots do this too, and Nebraska volleyball does it as well. Just um, beat everybody. No, 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 no. They oh. do. Well, they, well, the Patriots go with Bill Belichick, and I don't know the assistant coach's name, but he's a very smart guy. They do, like, film breakdown okay, from, like, past games and stuff like that. And I was watching that, and I learned a lot about volleyball, probably more about volleyball after than before. That's I'm good. still not fluent in hey, it. Hey, that's fine. But, yeah, they're good. Look, look they're great. I'm, I'll be watching that. Uh, I... I'm going to go to a game this year. I go to the college. I should do it. I don't live that far from the Devaney Center, so I'll, I'm going to pick a game. Tickets aren't easy to get. I, I know. I'll be able to swing a I know. pass. No, I'll probably... I got... I know I know people. I know people. Well, there you go. But, uh, but no, look, I think what is impressive is that a lot of... And Caleb kind of touched on it, where they... The pattern of Nebraska volleyball is, okay, we're going to play a pretty tough... Um, out of conference schedule, mm-hmm. and we're going to experiment with some things and experiment with different uh, formations and sets and, and people who are out there, and they're not going to look the best. They're not going to look their best in you know September right. or 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 you know during their exhibitions in in August and and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, or their early games in or early games in late August, but they are going to figure it out and come Big Ten play. You're going to see them coming to form right. and. They're not just sweeping all, like, just a bunch of nobodies. Number 24, Michigan. Number 14, Penn State. Number 12, Purdue. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about teams um, that are just competing for Big Ten titles that not only are they just beating, they're, they're dominating them, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe domination is a, is a little, because I'm sure some of those sets were, were pretty close between those ranked teams, and, yeah. and you, I'm sure you can do a deep dive, and maybe it wasn't domination, whatever. Right. But they're sweeping them, mm-hmm. and they're coming into their form, and they're, they're I know that they have um, 
They do have a, a Nicolin. Nicolin Hames is, is a little banged up right yes. now, so I know they're they're fixing their rotation uh, because of that, and they're they're doing a little bit more six two as opposed to five one. The fact that they have that in their arsenal that they can just be like, all right, yeah. we're gonna, you know, it's like when you're fighting and you're in an orthodox, and you can just go to southpaw and like Crawford change, style. Exactly, you just change the fight. Yes. The same thing. I assume it's the same thing of volleyball, or you know, you're looking at different sets, and, and if you're the more you're able to do yeah. and 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 execute it, the better team that you're going to be and that's just sports period general i don't have to be a volleyball expert to say that good yeah hey good for you my grandma's proud of you for bowling up it. on your volleyball i know i'm trying i'm it's, getting there it's going to be it's going to be a process but yeah. we're going to get there huskers are in action tonight at illinois it's a 6 p.m first serve so you can listen to that over on b107.3 and then wednesday they've got wisconsin it's out in madison and and Wisconsin currently fifth, Nebraska currently third. Number one, Texas, Matt, lost to Iowa State earlier this week. Today, or no, tomorrow. Tomorrow, number two, Louisville, with Danny Busboom Kelly at the helm. They play Pitt, number eight nationally. Who was good last year. So, Nebraska or Louisville, yeah, Pitt made the Final Four. If if Nebraska or Louisville, one of those two is going to be number one come Monday. Cool. If Louisville gets upset by Pitt which that's at Pitt, by the way, Nebraska would probably be the number one team in the country heading into that rematch, uh, the national championship rematch against Wisconsin. Uh, men's basketball, they're in action on Sunday. Uh, they get Shadron State, 1 p.m. first tip. Uh, it's right here on KLIN. They've got their far, their starting five is uh, is out. Derek Walker, C.J. Wilcher, Wilhelm Breidenbach back from injury. And then the transfers, Sam Griesel from North Dakota State and Emmanuel Bandamel from SMU. Those Bandamel, guys I said both that have 65-plus right. starts uh, under their belts at the Division One level. Uh, and Nebraska women, they're ranked number 22 preseason. Uh, they get uh, their, their season started on the 30th. That's next Sunday. Uh, and then, of course, uh, football home next Saturday uh, against Illinois at 2.30. That's a, a quick rundown of your Huskers. Pop. Pumped for women's basketball. Going to be yes. an awesome time at, Devaney, or at the uh, Pinnacle Bank Arena. If you have the right. opportunity to, just go and watch. It's going to be great basketball too. Men's, men's a little. I'm a little optimistic. We'll see what happens. They, you know, Fred Hoiberg's a good coach still. We, we will see what happens. All right, uh, enjoy the bye week. Go Big Red.